not a Midwestern state, but uh, where did the movie State Fair take place? And, of course, we have the state, we're going to talk a little bit about the history of the State Fair and where it took place. But as much as anything, I'm interested in you uh, pressing the buttons on your telephone, 919-860-9783, and telling us about the first time you went to the fair and any adventure you may have. Did you get lost, for instance? Uh, did you get on a ride and throw up? I did that at the county fair. and, and uh, well, Actually, I didn't throw up. I almost threw up. But that was the last time I ever went on that ride. It had not have been the last time I went on any ride when I was when I was in my hometown of Goldsboro and went to the Wayne County Fair. So maybe we can include Wayne County Fairs. And if you're from another state and you went to a fair, you can talk about your own state's fair. There is, in fact, a another fair in North Carolina, the Western North Carolina Fair, which takes place not in October but in early September, at least it did, it was supposed to this year at Fletcher, North Carolina. It's a long way to the other end of North Carolina, although... Uh, I can remember interviewing people at the State Fair in Raleigh. We used to have a booth out there, and the radio station would take us out there, and we would talk to people and hand out things, and say, uh, and they would come up. The people would say, "Are you Bart Ritter?" And I would say, "No," uh, but uh, when uh, there were things advertising the radio station, we had one of those geodesic domes, one over there near the the entrance right off of Hillsborough Street uh, near near Dorton Arena, and, and it allowed me to, well, to uh, have a couple of adventures vis-a-vis the, the entertainment at Dorton Arena. But tell me your story. I've, I've got mine. I can tell you mine, and I probably could fill out the hour, but I would like to know about your adventures. This is our homage to the State Fair, which was supposed to be began on Thursday the 15th and end this past Sunday the 25th, but it was canceled because of the coronavirus and uh, the problems created by it. So there will not be a state fair for 2020 in the books. It goes back to 1853. We'll talk a little bit about the history of the fair and where it was held and so on, but we do, again, want you, I want you to talk to Tom tonight. I need somebody to talk to every day, and sometimes it's, uh, I talk to a couple of friends on the phone today, but most of the time it's this late before I really I get uh, a work out of the voice, and I need to keep the voice in shape just like I need to, to keep the, the rest of my person in shape. So 919-860-9783. John, I, I, I imagine that if there were anybody on the telephone, you would have told me about this. Well, you got Joe Williams. He I was processing when you were... Asking last time, I think. All right, Joe Williams, let's see. Uh, let's do this. So we won't we'll have to interrupt, Joe. You know, we have a commercial schedule we need to follow. Let's take a break, and, let's, and then we'll talk to Joe and other people that may well. He'll be our seed caller for tonight, and he will know about this because he has, connect, has had connections with the agricultural community in North Carolina, and the state fair is, has been managed in North Carolina since the late 20s by the the State Department of Agriculture, and then before that it was managed by the State Agricultural Society, which was a private group. But we'll talk about that a little little bit later. But let's take a a break now, and we'll talk to Joe Williams and anybody else that's waiting, 919-860-9783, right after this break. Joe, John, did you lose Joe? 
Hello. Tom. Yes, sir. Are you? How, how you doing? I hated to make you wait, but the truth is now we don't have a we don't have a strict limit on our time. That is. <laughs> that's, that's that's okay. I got plenty of time. I hope. Uh, well, I hope you do too. And my my producer John, you know, said you were talking about eating barbecue in, in Aden tonight. Were you at the Skylight Grill? No, I was telling him I needed to get down there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Bruce's son is building a place here in Raleigh. I'm looking forward to that. I hope it's as good as uh, it is down there, but I doubt it is. Uh, well, it depends on what they have to do to to, to stay in business. If there's, there's a place here in Raleigh, but I, I just... I should. I'm not shouldn't badmouth anybody. It's whatever you like you do. But I, I what I drink with my barbecue is iced tea. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even. I wouldn't even drink. I, I drink beer, but I wouldn't even drink beer with it. It's, yeah. Well, I, I, I want a tea or a Pepsi Cola with the barbecue. I, I don't want any beer. Of course, I don't drink be, beer anyway. We should be drinking now. Look, uh, you just you just wronged me, Joe. You're you're a friend of mine, but you must drink Coca Cola, not Pepsi Cola. <laughs> My grandfather was a Coca-Cola man. Yeah, I, I, I knew you had said that before. Yeah. Uh, my my mother would not drink a Pepsi-Cola, and, and I, I'll admit that when I, I drink whatever they've got, it's usually, but uh, once yeah. in a while, just to honor my grandfather. He, I, I, I had a friend in Kenston went worked at the Pepsi plant, and she wouldn't drink anything but Pepsi. Well, it, it evens out along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to be loyal to your employer. Well, in Goldsboro, they had a bottling plant for each of them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, in those days, if you had to drink locally, the town was big enough, you had a bottling plant because they didn't, uh, what they sold to the dealers was the syrup. They didn't sell the drinks. Right. And so right. they had to make them there. What were, what were we, what was your 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 knowledge about, what were you going to talk about about the state fair? Tonight? I, I was going to talk about the fair. I was sad to miss it this year. This is the first year I hadn't been to the state fair since 1950. Well, that's the first time I went was in 1950. I was seven <laughs> years old. You're yeah. a little bit older than I am. Yeah, I, I was in eighth grade in high school, and of course we, we uh, were able to charter a bus and come up here to it. Where now? Where did you charter the bus? Now, see, now that's that's what's typical. Is uh, I, I met a couple at the fair one time and I interviewed them, and they lived in uh, uh, Bryson City or someplace. And you know where that is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, they saved up five hundred dollars, and that was their vacation for that year. They came to the Raleigh to go to the state fair. Now, anybody <laughs> that doesn't know Bryson. City. That Bryson City is a long haul from Raleigh. It's, it's, it's beyond actual. Yeah, it, it's beyond actual. It's approaching 300 miles. Right, yeah. It's, it's a, well, you have to think about Andrews and Murphy after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, but that was their, their vacation for the year. No no going to the beach or anything. But where did you come from? Somewhere in uh, from Magnolia? Chick from Chickapin. From okay. Chickapin, down there at the intersection of Highway 50 and 41. Okay, what what is there? There now? Yeah. The school's been torn down, and uh, they got a Dollar General in town. What and, number uh, is the town? I don't even know what the town is. Chinkapin. I was thought it was Chinkapin, but I said that'll be wrong if I... Yeah, yeah, they, they tore the school down, and uh, the Presbyterian Church is still there. I looked it up. The Wallace Radio, WLSE, is not on the air anymore. And there's it, not, is that right? Yeah. There's not a station in Warsaw. There's an FM station. 
Yeah, uh, the, I, I think the Warsaw station went off some time ago, and uh, I, I was not sure about WLSE. Uh, I was in school with one of the owners' uh, son from uh, that. Uh, well, it, the stations were kind of like Ma and Pa stations, you know, where you got the big stations that you could hear. It's like going to Walmart, you know. And, uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah, and so yeah. On. But, uh, but, but, but that you and a group of people would uh, charter a bus and go to the state fair is, is how people feel about the state fair, particularly in a rural state. Uh, oh, yeah. We came up, I came into eighth grade, and then uh, the remaining years I was in high school came. Of course, then I was in college up here and uh, went. Uh, Did you I ever exhibit in, anything in the fair? I, I, I never have. <laughs> My wife and uh, nephew have participated in the tobacco tying contest over there at the uh, tobacco barn. Have they been? I know Steve Troxer was behind that tobacco barn, and it was, I think, all right because he actually is a tobacco farmer. Right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, they, they've got a new, uh, a different barn out there. Some say it's new, and it's a uh, barn they moved. I forgot where it was, somewhere up in the old belt, and uh, moved there. Uh, well, he said he. I remember one time, and, and this may be the wrong one, but it was someplace near Brown Summit, which is north of Greensboro. So. Yeah, that, that's where he's from. Yeah. But I don't know whether the barn came from that community or not. Uh, they've got a plaque out there on it, but I forgot. Yeah. Well, uh, the the days of the I I used to have to do when I worked with Johnny Hood have to do the tobacco reports from the, the old belt and the, well I can't remember them now. It's been too long. Yeah, the, the border belt and the eastern belt and the uh, old belt. Yeah, and some people would be down in South Carolina and get it late, and they'd haul it up to North Carolina to sell it. You know. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, some people down in uh, Wayne and Duplin County would haul it down to the border belt to get some money early in the season. Get ahead of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, I don't want to do well of it all, but they put in a barn of tobacco every year out there, except this year they didn't on a Friday and a cured out with wood, and then they had a mock auction. They had about six auctioneers there last year. Well, that's good because there are people that the, the auction was something that people would actually go to see, like a tourist thing. And, uh, oh, yeah. And uh, there are, our, our, in fact, our friend Billy, I can't think of his last name right now. Jurgen, Billy Jurgen. He was kind of an expert on the, the auctioneer's chant. Yeah, yeah he, he sort of was in charge of the auction uh, out at the uh, fairground. Yeah. Yeah. He was not an auctioneer himself, but uh, he, he, he had the history of it and uh, stuff like that and did a good presentation. Well, that, that's gone are the days, though, when, when you had the, t- the the warehouses and the people bringing the, the products in and getting there early in the morning. And if you're a kid, you lay down and go to sleep on the tobacco, but it smells good anyway. So. Yeah, I know one night we took a load of tobacco to Kempston and uh, it took most of the night to unload it. And my cousin and I, we just rode around on those uh Little old dolly things all night long. Never slept a wink. Well, now, when you went to the fair, the thing I remember about seven years old, 1950, was the waterfall. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. It was up there but the administration building and the commercial building, and uh, it got so shabby they tore it down. But uh, Jim Graham met his wife at that thing. I didn't know that. Uh, and that's the reason he was uh, so adamant about building the one that's there now. Well, we've got a whole generation of people who don't know who the Sodfather was. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was a character. 
Well, did you do anything on the rides and stuff out there? I never liked the rides because I really did go on a ride at the Wayne County Fair one time and just about got sick. And so I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I rode the Ferris wheels and things like that. I think this was called the whip or something, and it kind of took you out and brought you back. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that that, that <laughs> thing that thing was dangerous. I, I rode the zipper. Are you familiar with what the zipper is? I would imagine it's like something like a zip ride, but I, I no, it, it, it It's a thing that turns you, like that song says, every which way but loose. <laughs> but well, the thing that, get... that the experience that, that I enjoyed out there was I would go out there, and on Sunday night we'd have a radio program, and... Uh, from out there sometime, and uh, I got to meet Charlie Pride out there one night. He was going to be the act at the door. Yeah, yeah. And another time I was out there, and the guy, I'm trying to remember his name, the guy from, uh, oh, he was down on the North Carolina border. I can't remember his name. Now, he's gone. He's had a rough time since then, and I'll think of it. But he was real popular then, and they were about to have a fight out in front of it because you had to wait to go in. You could go in. I don't think it cost anything to go in. Yeah. If you paid for a fair ticket, you could go into Dorton Arena, but you they only opened the doors at a certain time, and they were about to have a fight out there that night. So, <laughs> And that's when, I'll tell you what, I, I'm i not macho at all. I, that's when yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not interested in a fight. No, it's, I'm not. This. You can get hurt real bad, and you don't even, but I, I, one day I was walking across the grounds going to our dome, and I ran into Johnny Tillotson. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Send me the pillow that you dream on. and that's Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. He was on one of the outside stages, which meant he had slipped down a little bit. And there was a woman named Bar- Barbara Williams who worked out there. Yeah, yeah. She she used to coordinate the uh, the country music shows. The talent that was out there. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah I, I told her uh, one of the shows one year was the one guy I would go out of my way to see, and it was Ray Charles. And <laughs> I said, Barbara, I've always wanted to see him, and she said, Well, come around there, and I'll sneak in, Tom. And yeah.
friend Paul uh, Blankenship. That's right, isn't it, John? Paul Blankenship was uh, uh, for 25 years the, the keeper of the little schoolhouse where the artifacts of the State Fair have been gathered together. And uh, John, I think, said that even though Paul has retired a couple of years ago, uh, uh, the little schoolhouse is still there and, and uh, was, in fact, open. Not this year, of course, because the events were canceled for the most part, but uh, last year. And Paul was uh, kind of the unofficial historian and and uh, helped uh, produce a history of the State Fair. I meant to check on that. I might have to check on that and see if it's still available. Uh, uh, John, if you get a chance, you can do that. Just look up the history of the State Fair, and Paul Blankenship would be one of the one of the authors of it. A gentleman who was a professor of history at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington was the other author, and. As uh, my stat drugs are closing in on me, they uh, now keep me sometimes from remem- remembering names. But notice I remember other things about him, and I even remember where he was from, uh, a place called Falcon, which is near near Fayetteville and near Dunn. But in any event, we'll find the name for you, A History of the NC State Fair. Paul uh, was the person who selected the, the pictures. He had gathered over the years many pictures. In fact, the way I discovered... A good guest, which Paul was, was I uh, ran into him in the archives at NC State University one day, where they kept a lot of the pictures. Because for a time, the fair was located across the street from uh, where the about where the library is, or where Patterson and Winston Halls are. Now, you would think of that uh, as an area where the theater used to be over there, and, and uh, where. Uh, where uh, the bowling alley was and where Baxley's was, if you're old enough to remember those things, and where the West Raleigh Presbyterian Church is. The little street that goes up in there was the turnaround for the trolley and the place where you could go in the state fairgrounds. And if you've ever been around the the, uh, Rose Garden in West Raleigh and uh, where the little theater is, is, it is a circle for the most part because they cut one end of it off to make a street, but before that it was where they had the horse races. It was not the first racetrack they had, though, at the fairgrounds. It was the second. The first place they held the fair in Raleigh was uh, in 1853, and it was in East Raleigh, off of Newburn Avenue, about where the motor vehicle building is, but a little bit further back, over near where WRAL AM radio was. There's a radio tower there even now. They had it there. Off and on, they had to cancel it during the Civil War. They didn't have it from 1861 to 1869. Uh, a couple of years during Reconstruction, they didn't have it. But uh, they had it uh, at that site. And they moved, they moved it to the site in West Raleigh, uh, near NC State that I described to you. And it stayed there until 1926, when the State Agricultural Society, which was a private foundation was running it and they, they ran out of money they went bankrupt so they turned it over to the state of north carolina and they put it under the north carolina department of agriculture and it took up uh, a, a place to be where it is in fact now uh, on hillsborough street uh outside the belt line where you where you would find the fair where dorton arena is dorton arena was built for instance around 1950 i think they finished it about 1952 and it was an award-winning architectural design 
worth one worth reading about. But the history of the NC State Fair is available, and I will find out the name of the author for you. Uh, Tom, we have uh, Lou from Rocky Mount. Lou from Rocky Mount. It sounds like a good person to have. If you ever want to join us as as Joe. Hello, Dale. Hey, Lou. How are you tonight? I called because I've, I've won a blue ribbon. You did? What did you enter into the I, fair? I have won Pabst Blue Ribbon many times, and i <laughs> um, proud of it. Uh, well, I've won a few of those Pabst Blue Ribbons, in fact, uh, <laughs> When, when I, I didn't was, know if you were talking about barbecue tonight or tobacco, but uh, your your guest was right. Um, the best barbecue sandwich on the planet is uh, Skylight Inn in Aden. And, of course, you you were about to stand up for Wilbur's, but I don't think that exists anymore. you got to go to Grady's or Stonewall in Goldsboro now. Well, I, I think that I was told that Wilbur's would reopen, but it was takeout. They, they were... Uh, we're eventually going to work back to having sit down, but they have the same problems that everybody else does. I will tell yeah. you something that I'm not ashamed to admit. I stopped at a Smithfield barbecue place in Newton Grove one day and bought a sandwich, and it was about as good as anyone I ever had. The truth is, Lou, you know this. I've never met a plate of barbecue that I didn't like. <laughs> yeah, they they just don't mince it enough at Smithfields, but. Anyway, about the state fair, um, I have been to the Ohio State Fair, and like you were suggesting, you buy the ticket and go in there specifically to see a country artist for free. And the artist that I saw at the Ohio State Fair in 1975 was the one and only Tanya Tucker at a lo- at a young age, and it was fabulous. She's she a version it- of. Peaceful, easy feeling by the Eagles that I'll never forget. Tanya Tucker uh, made a song when she was 13 that was, mm -hmm. What's Your Mama's Name? Have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, she just released, she won the Grammy for Best Country Album last year, um, While I'm Living. It's it's got white vinyl, if you can get a limited edition. Uh, Tanya Tucker sort of rear view mirror look at her life and it, it's a great album but I just want to say too the one thing you haven't mentioned about the North Carolina State Fair you talked about in 52 but in 62 I just tell people about the great Dorton Arena and the effect it had on the State Fair being adjacent pretty much to it and part of it and well, I'll just you, uh, well, hang you, up and listen but well, you t- no, no, I'm not sure what you're talking about I and help me figure out who the singer was that I that was there that night. That I they almost had to fight. He's a tall guy, and he's from a town on the North Carolina South Carolina border. And he's uh, he's he's had a rough time lately. He's lost all of his money and everything. And yeah, uh, but he, I don't I can't I don't know who that would be. Uh, together forever, late, forever. Charlie he, Daniels passed away. He was from Wilmington. No, he was together forever and ever. Amen. It was one of the songs that he was. That's that's Randy Travis, Randy but he was Travis. up around Charlotte. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I, that's what I'm saying. He was from a place just west, just east of yeah, Monroe. He, he he was a Randy Trawick from right outside Charlotte, right, Carolina. Right. Well, he's had he's he's had problems uh, lately. Yeah, he has. He absolutely has. Um, but he was an all-time great. Is an all-time great, and. Um, you know, he uh, he wrote a song that Alan Jackson recorded. You know, 
Yeah, well, he used to turn I, up on the I, Andy Griffiths on the Matlock program once in a while. He's, she's got she's got the rhythm, and I got the blues. Randy Travis <laughs> co-wrote that with uh, Alan Jackson. Alan recorded it. Oh, yeah, he, he acted on Matlock. He sure did. Yeah, yeah I, I was in Wilmington when that happened, but um, yeah, Randy Travis. Um, I don't know. He's kind of fame is a very hard thing to deal with over time. Right. And um. But yeah, you know about the Dorton Arena though in in Raleigh, right? Well, that, that tell me what you're talking about. I, I may know it and don't realize I know it. To what are you talking? The Dorton about? Arena was this huge, humongous, saddle-shaped architecture uh, that sat there adjacent to the fairgrounds. And uh, in 1962, it was in its heyday. It was one of the architectural splendors of the South. Dorton Arena. And and they held you know events there and and I thought it was adjacent to the fair. Somebody told me today they had, had been to the fair and the Dorton Arena simultaneously, and I've seen photographs of. Well, it was Dorton it was Arena. built and labeled as the livestock pavilion when it was built, so it was always a part of the fair operation. Okay, well, I never you never heard of it as being the Dorton Arena. You mean D-O-R-T-O-N? Mm-hmm. It's still known as that. And is, is it still there? It's still there. J.S. Dorton was the fair manager, and they named it for him. It was it was designed by, a, uh, I think, a Japanese architect who was working at the North Carolina School of Design, and he mm-hmm. he designed it, and it's, you know, no, no, no uh, supports inside. It's held up by cables. Yeah, right. It, it could hold up a, a snowstorm on top. All those cables could. Well, I'll but, tell you um, what. Yeah, incredible, incredible a piece of work. And um, well, Lou, one night yeah. when I was in high school, my Goldsboro's team played uh, Broughton there because Broughton didn't have a gym, and uh, it was windy that night and it was cold. And if you sat way up there against the wall with those cables, you 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 it made you think. You know what I mean? When you could hear them mm-hmm. creaking. And you just wondered, you know, what if it, what if it fell down? But it never has fallen down, so they, they did a good job. <laughs> That's good. The, uh, the architect who designed it died. I think he was in a plane crash, and uh, his one of his students or colleagues, uh, who was an architect in Raleigh, finished the the, the work on it and so on. But it, you're, it was one of the top 100 buildings in America at one time. It's, it was selected mm-hmm. by a bunch of architects. You guys were talking about tobacco too. Do you remember the Tobacco Radio Network with Ray Reeve? Oh yeah, ACC basketball blanketing the state with that voice of Ray Gruff Ray Reeve. Staccato is the way they described his voice. He and uh, Bill, mm-hmm. uh, oh, uh, the mouth of the South. I can't think of his last name right now. <laughs> he was that. Everybody tune in to, to hear the ACC basketball with Ray Reeve and. Uh, but uh, we, you covered all the bases tonight, barbecue, tobacco, and the state fair. Uh, I think Steve Troxler would be quite proud of you. But what you never hear, Tom, anymore, even on farm reports, is how tobacco is doing at the present time. It's still a staple of North Carolina agriculture, but it's taboo to talk about it. I, I, I don't know about that. I know that most of the tobacco that's grown there is grown by contract rather than auction. You know, they... And the, the the farmer who's growing it is supposed to grow a certain amount, and he's got a contract to grow that with one of the big companies. But I I have not 
to tell you the truth, uh, since Johnny Hood is not there anymore, I don't follow it very much. Well, two out of every uh, rose in the field now was was being exported to China and Southeast Asia, but because of the trade wars, I'm not sure that that is still happening at the same rate. The export market was booming for uh, tobacco a few years ago, but because of the trade wars, I'm not sure. That's why I'd like to hear a report every once in a while about the golden weed. Now, it was king here in Carolina for over 100 years. Well, it was uh, longer, a long time. It was the first, uh, you know, one of the debates that historians have or why did the colonists come over here, was it God or gold? Well, if it was gold, it was tobacco because that was the first cash crop. It's the first thing they found in the new world that they could make some money on. That's right. Lost colony all the way back to then. Upawak is what the Indians called it. Upawak. They, they could put it in those hogsheads, and it would would last a long time. It didn't. It was like cotton. It would, you know, it, it had a long life. And uh, and they yeah, medical still, science uh, and health concerns caught up with it <laughs> big time. Well, but I'll let you go, Tom, and take another call or two. But uh, you and Stephen take care and tell John uh, he's doing a super job. Well, thank you, Lou. We always like to hear from Rocky Mount, which was a, I think they had a pretty good tobacco market in Rocky Mount. Wilson was the big one, the really big one. Very, yeah, world's largest. And I did want to say uh, that I did go to the Hoochie Coochie show at the New Hanover County Fairs uh, at one time, and it was not nearly as exciting as I imagine it might have been. So. Well, I can all say that uh, the young men... Uh, we went. I went as a group from the Goldsboro News Argus. I was a carrier, and uh, we were all aware of it. Let's just leave it at that, okay? <laughs> well, you didn't miss a thing. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm pretty, pretty sure of that I, that's what I was told. But I, we were aware of it. Uh, you would have had to sneak, do some heavy duty sneaking to get in the thing. But uh, anyway, all right, Tom. We have a good one. Tell Stephen I said hello. Have okay. A good night. Thank you, Lou. Okay. Take care. Uh, the guy from the other side of the tracks, Lou from Rocky Mount, and uh, John. Why don't we take a break and uh, if we can uh, have another caller who would like to talk uh, about things North Carolina and the state fair? Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Three. John Stoller is our producer tonight. We will be talking with Captain Stephen at the program tonight. John. John, why don't you tell us, John, uh, the name you found it. You looked up the name of the book that's the history of the State Fair, and it's uh, Mr. McLaurin. Yeah, Milton McLaurin. Milton McLaurin, who is a professor, I believe you said, at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. I think he's retired now, actually, but he, he wrote the book, and our friend Paul Blankenship uh, did the pictures. And, uh, it's available. Uh, I'm, I would bet that it's available at the uh, bookstore at the UNC, the Museum of History. And you said you found it on uh, Amazon, so a person could could buy a copy of, if you're interested in the State Fair. I know I gave my mother a copy. She loved anything. She's no longer with us, but she loved anything about North Carolina. And, uh, she got a big kick out of it, I think, uh, in the end when... when her estate was dissolved. It ended up in, that I had a copy of it that, that really belonged to her. So that was a, a special memory there, the history of the State Fair. I went the first time when I was, as I've said, about seven, and then I went again. I think the next time I went after that, would, 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 that would have meant uh, would have been probably in the second grade or something like that. And the next time I
time I went, I think, was when I was in college or after I graduated from college. And maybe Mrs. Kearney and I went on a cheap date. Uh, she was a Meredith girl, so she was around Raleigh. And uh, we went to the State Fair, and I, I met uh, Randy Travis out there uh, that we were talking about with Lou. Uh, and uh, actually, I didn't meet him. I was there. He was a very popular act, and he was the main act. Uh, they would have a different... Uh, country music uh, star, usually somebody who was a rising star, and sometimes something that was more defined maybe as rock and roll or beach music. Uh, uh, we mentioned Miss Barbara Williams, who was the person who arranged that, and she was on our, usually would come on our show at that time. That's how long we've been doing this. That was in the early 90s. But I did get to meet Charlie Pride, and I really enjoyed that because I always enjoyed his music. But uh, the shows, if you, if you bought a ticket, if you got into the state fair, you you the show was free, and so but you had to line up. They they had a, I think it was called arena seating is what they called it. That was the kind of seating that they finally abolished in most places because there there would usually be some sort of riot when the doors finally opened and people would get trampled. And that happened, I believe, in Cincinnati uh, at one time, and they sort of abandoned that. But uh, North Carolina State Fair. It has not been held every year since 1853. It was not held during uh, for the First World War and the Second World War, and we mentioned that it was not held during the Civil War, but uh, it was not held this year because of the coronavirus, and so we thought we would do a little homage tonight and remember the fair. It would have been held between October 15th and the 25th. Tomorrow night, the nighttime mechanic, uh, Dean Bailey from uh, King's Auto, will be 